So here's the question. How do independent adjusters and appraisers like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income? without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. This is your host and your guide, Chris Stanley. Today we're joined by independent adjusting hero, Rob Ortega, out of Tucson, Arizona. Rob, we're dubbing the Bounce Back King, because one thing you're going to notice as we listen and we tune in to my interview with Rob is that he's always got a positive attitude. No matter what seems to happen, no matter what question I throw at him, no matter what negatives I point out, Rob's always, his answer always seems to come back to having a good attitude while shrugging it off and moving on. So I'm dubbing him the bounce back king. And for me, there's a lot of information in here that I need to apply to my own life. And so as you listen, definitely listen to Rob's mentality listen to his gratefulness listen to his positivity so to speak as we interview him before i call him though i gotta let you know that today's episode is brought to you by autoforms.co if you fill out ccc autotex mitchell total loss forms i gotta ask you why why are you doing it at autoforms.co we will fill that out for you instantly with All we need is your PDF estimate. You simply upload your estimate and instantly you get a downloaded Word document of that total loss form filled out for you. You can edit it, tweak it, change it, make sure you add your conditioning notes and move on. Save yourself 15 minutes and at least check it out with the free trial at autoforms.co. Now it's time to call and to talk with Rob Ortega. The end of your appraisal, this is Rob. Hey Rob, it's Chris Stanley with the Independent Adjuster Podcast, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, how about yourself, Chris? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, glad um, I'm in Florida and not north. I don't know what the weather's like where you're at, but it's beautiful here. So where are you out of, Rob? I am out of Arizona, man. Uh, currently, home base is out of Tucson, Arizona, and uh, we service a good chunk of the state, and it's beautiful right now, about 70 degrees, so cannot complain. All right, so other than the amazing weather you're encountering, why should anyone care to hear what we're about to talk about, which is your story? Why should anybody care to hear it? Uh, because I'm just like you. I put on my pants uh, one leg at a time, and... Uh, I work hard every day and I try and accomplish great things. And, and I think we all uh, share some uh, truth in that story. All right. Well, then to get into your story, to really dig down deep, 
how'd you get started? I mean, I know that's the, like the easiest question we have on this show, but how'd you get started? <laughs> how'd you become an IA? This is not something people generally uh, just uh, fall into. No, it's not, man. You know, I, uh, it's kind of a lengthy story, but I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Um, Tinker with cars my entire life and uh, got into car rentals in, I think, my uh, early, early 20s. Uh, that's where I got into automotive and I got to talk to a lot of insurance adjusters, got to dealing with insurance companies. And I like that portion of it. I, I, I kind of dug it. So uh, fast forward, I uh, went through a couple of jobs, also in the automotive field. I ended up working at Copart, which uh, I'm sure many uh, of your listeners are familiar with. I uh, was there for a couple of years. And again, I, I got to meet IAs and I thought it was really cool then that they drove around all day. And uh, it seemed like a, back then, again, in my mid to uh, probably about mid 20s, it seemed like a really cool job, man. Uh, freedom. Uh, you're outside. You're not locked up in an office, you know, 40, 60 hours a week. And uh, I, I found it interesting. Now, at the same time, I was going to college. And that was one of my goals. I, I, I got a business, uh, my business degree and management degree. And one of my goals was to open up a business. And, and coincidentally, back then, it was to get into uh, to ind- independent appraising. Um, went through a couple of the jobs. I sold parts, uh, got my degree, got into real estate, kind of stepped away from automotive. got back into automotive and the body shops. And, and that's where I got my actual uh, uh body shop degree per se and where I learned to actually write estimates and, and, you know, look at inner structures, mechanical, all the lovely stuff they get to do, you know, my major hits, minor hits, frame jobs. Um, so I did that for, oh, geez, I want to say maybe about eight years or so. And uh, I've been doing the IA work uh, specifically since 13. So I am on five years of doing IA work. Wow. And so that- it's been a long time coming. This wasn't something you just decided when I'm going to go become an IA and you just walked right in and started doing it. You had to invest in this, this path, so to speak, you know, to get to where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I, I like being very prepared for things. So when I, um, before embarking on this and, and, you know, doing my own business, I wanted to uh, have the uh, the degree and the knowledge and all that stuff to uh, to to be better prepared and feel more successful, more uh, a better uh, sense of safety per se, maybe like a safety net. I don't know, but that that's how I approach things. So so yeah, it's something that that uh, whew, it came into light many many years ago. I'm 39 already, so we're talking about 15 years ago when I first started even debating about you know becoming an IA and uh, and this was before uh, BNE was was even. I even knew about being the appraisal. The company was around since 92 and, and I was actually working for the gentleman that owned it. I ended up uh, acquiring the company from him uh, about two years ago. So, so here I am, man, uh, going through the pitfalls and, and trials and tribulations of ownership uh, before I was just an employee, which was cool, but uh, it's very one-sided. I don't want to say one-sided. It's more of a narrow mindset. I would say it's, it's, it's very much you get up, chug along, go to bed, get up, chug along, go to bed. And, and, now on this side of it, where I get to deal with the you know the broad aspect of everything from the uh, um, business acquisition to you know the IT portion of it all, you name it, it it's 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 quite an undertaking, man. And and uh, there is no substitute for hard work. I'm a firm believer of that. Now you know why I brand it 
as IAs or superheroes. Did you just hear yeah. what you just explained that you have to go through? <laughs> I mean, this is not a normal job. I mean, no. every job has multiple facets, but I have never seen something where we have to be as multifaceted as an independent adjuster running your own company, let alone if you have employees underneath you. I mean, it gets to be crazy. So I I'm really interested because you are for all intents and purposes, the opposite of me. I have hardly any formal education. I jump into everything without thinking about it. You prepare, so I don't. And so <laughs> with that, how has your formal education, how has having that business degree, the management degree, how has that helped you with your claims business? You know, um, there's one thing that I'll never forget the uh, when I, when I got out of college and then I got into one of the body shops, one of the guys there told me he had a, a degree from Penn State. He's like, ah, oh, well, you know, that's, that's what they teach in the classroom isn't always applicable, applicable in real life. And there is truth to that to a certain extent. Um, however, I think more than anything, uh, it was my own personal. I, I, I want to have that piece of paper. I want to have that safety net. I want to feel prepared. I don't, uh, maybe for credibility purposes, um, you know, I, I think maybe that, that in my personal mindset w was one of the reasons for it, but I've done a lot of, I, I own a business, I own like two small businesses prior to this. So all of that kind of culminated to when I took ownership of, of being the appraisal. Um, I would say more than anything, Chris, College is great. I love it. I'll never talk down about college except for the fact that I think you learn more from life. And if you don't pay attention in life, just like as, as if you don't pay attention in college, you're not going to get very far. So is college absolutely necessary? No, I, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say it's not 100 percent necessary. There, there are tons of stories of, of, you know, millionaires of very successful people that have gotten through life very nicely uh, not having a college degree. I think a lot of it has to do with your attitude, your personality, and how hungry you are. How bad do you want it? How willing are you to work late at night? Um, how willing are you to not go out on a Friday or Saturday, uh, miss the football games? You know, there's there's these small little things that uh, that lend to success, and and I think uh, the college degree is just one of them. Absolutely, and I don't want it to be perceived at all that I'm at all, you know, challenging that at all. I'm I think. From an outsider's perspective, looking in, just hearing your brief synopsis, because you, the listener, I have not had lengthy conversations with Rob before today, so I don't know his whole backstory. So I'm here as a listener, curious, asking the questions that are popping in my head. But I'm hearing a story of somebody who's gone through college, gone through the body shop world, and within five years of basically true being, being a true IA, you're already running a company that's been established for a long time. Not every IA can do that. So I think there's something there. I think there's a, and it might just be the confidence that you have that, no, I've learned how to properly manage. I've learned how to properly look at a business uh, through your experiences and through the college degree that give you that confidence to say, no, I can run a business. I know what it takes because I think that's important for you. It sounds like, especially, but I think that's awesome. I mean, I just want to commend you on, the, how you grabbed it by the horns. So what has then, as you've gotten started, as you've uh, acquired a company, um, 
what has been the thing as you as you think back through this all been that number one characteristic that has uh, brought you to this successful point? Um, you know, I preach this to my kids all the time. Uh, what happens when you when you fall? You get up. Don't stop getting up. That's about the best thing I can tell anybody that that I've ever talked to that's asked me. Hey man, how'd you do it? Or hey, uh, how is it? possible how did disney do it they 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 didn't stay down we all get knocked down life has a way of 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 putting us down whether it's uh you know a job whether it's a relationship you name it um but is that gonna keep you down are you gonna let that incident you know basically run and ruin the rest of your life no you get up and then you try again and uh, that's that's the that's basically it man you just i just keep getting up (laughs) Well, it's what we got to do, right? You got to get up. Yeah. And like you said earlier, you got to put your pants on and then you got to go. Yeah. What you also said, you got to go get the work done until it's done. You just, it's one of those things in life that, you, like you said, nothing can replace it. Uh, but exactly. I, I really like that. What do you do when you get knocked down? Because I feel like in my own personal life as an IA, as a person, as a dad, as a husband, I get knocked down, man. It seems like every other day I'm wondering, like, can I get up again? Like, this is a tough <laughs> struggle. Life is tough, you know. The struggle is real, you know. So it is. Some days are easier, and some days are harder. But yeah, you're right, man. It's all. Uh, don't be scared to fail, man. We, we all we all do it, and uh, I'm gonna fail again, Chris. I just don't plan on doing it as much as I used to. <laughs> you're not as publicly, right? <laughs> yeah, not as publicly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So then you've had this success. You, you've had the characteristic that you, ha, you know, you get knocked down, but you get up again. There's a great song about that from a long time ago that none of us remember because we're not that old. But what <laughs> has the greatest challenge been for you being an IA? What has knocked you down repeatedly that you look back and go, man, that has been what's kicked my butt? Well, let me see. Man. Ah. <sighs> You know what the I don't and I think this is more of a uh, I would I don't know that that's a tough question Chris because that can uh, I would say like work wise in regards to the everyday I'm out there you know the everyday struggle um Man, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I, I think because I kind of try and take everything lightly, it's kind of hard for me to think of something that really, really knocks me down and that's really a struggle. In regards to the business ownership, I would say uh, uh, obtaining new business is it, it's not difficult, but creating that trust between yourself and a carrier and a new account, you know, showing up basically on somebody's doorstep, which is uh, cold calling. Uh, a lot of times I cold call clients and introduce myself or send an email, you know. Uh, that getting knows, but that's part of the industry. That's part of failing. That's that's part of sales. You know, you you, you throw as many darts as a dartboard, and eventually you're gonna hit a bullseye here and there. So, um, in that area, in that in the in the facet of business ownership, I would say that in the facet of of you know looking at cars every day, um, I would say trying to convince people to do what's right. Uh, I have I I always say that if it's legal, moral, and ethical, I'm in. If it's not, I got a problem with it. So yeah, I would say dealing with maybe you know, some certain subpar shops or, you know, client that's it's got a you know, right front corner here and they're claiming something on the left rear that we you and I know probably isn't related. Uh, the, the everyday little stuff like that. But those are those are minor things, I think, uh, 
that that I try not to let it sour up my day. There, there's, but don't get me wrong. The job and everything is important, but I'm a firm believer that you know there's more important things in life than 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 work. Uh, we we have our families to take care of. We have uh, uh, lots of people depending on us, and and although our work is what provides for them, I try and focus. I focus on work to get to that. That's my ultimate goal, I guess. So as long as I conduct myself properly. I was going to say nine to five, but we know that's not true. Uh, <laughs> I, gonna, I call you out on it. <laughs> no, there's no way, man. Uh, I'm lucky if it's like seven to ten or something like that. So as long as I do, you know, put my best foot forward those hours of the day and, and tackle those problems, you know, accordingly. And I think everything else kind of falls into place, man. Yeah, I wish I had your mentality 24 hours a day. I get that mentality a lot of the day, and then I lose it, and I search for it again, and I find it. But if you're listening, you need to take Rob's mentality and and let things roll off you, and you got to let them go. You got to let the bad things go. You got to focus on what you're really there for, what you're really doing. You're really there to serve people, uh, but it's not just the people you're working for. You're serving your family. You're you're serving those around you, the people that depend on you. So I, I love that mentality. And I love how you just, you, it's been throughout the conversation, you, you're a springboard. You know, you get knocked down and you bounce back up. Your your mood comes down and you get back up. And I think that's really important for people to hear. Because uh, this Thank can be you, a brutal, brutal business sometimes. If you oh, yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah, it can be. I've, I've, I've had people that, you know, that have worked with me for three months and they're like, I can't take it anymore. So, well, you know, I'm sorry. It does take a thicker skin. You do. You got to have thick skin and uh, and just chug along, man. Yeah, so then let, let's get a little bit lighter here. So what has been the most rewarding part of being an IA and being a part of an IA company? Oh, the freedom. And that's a double-edged sword because we know how many hours we work. But uh, my office is out of my home. I don't have a, a brick-and-mortar uh, business. It, it's basically out of my house. So uh, come summertime, you know, the kids are around here and, and, and I get to hear them. I don't lose out even though I'm still working, you know, a good chunk of hours a week. Uh, I get to hear my kids and interact with them throughout the day. I get to go to their uh, uh, their honor roll assemblies and such. Um, that's the most rewarding part for me on a personal level. On a financial and, and professional level, uh, I'm my own boss. I get to, uh, you know, dictate processes and, and, and tweak processes. That's one thing that I like is that uh, in many uh, organizations I worked for before, you kind of get the order or the memo. Here's the memo. Here's what you have to do. And when you're the soldier on the front lines – you encounter those battles every day. So you're seeing this memo and you're, and you're wondering to yourself, well, wait a second, I do this every day and this process maybe isn't ideal for, for what we're trying to accomplish, but you have a, your voice is sometimes heard and sometimes not heard. So what I like about this side of it is that, hey, I have the power to change it. I have the power to beta test it. I have the power to tweak it. I have the power to get rid of it if I don't like it or if it wasn't beneficial to what I was trying to accomplish. That the that for me right there is is... is I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> you are talking my language right now. So yeah, there is not enough thinking to me um, in the IA industry and in the insurance industry as a hold um, of testing. You know, every, yeah. everybody stays in this pocket a lot of times of this is safe until somebody breaks out enough and has a random success. Then everyone's like, oh, that's the new normal, right? And, and so how has that... Um, how has that given you an edge, beta testing, trying new things? I mean, has that given you an edge in your area? 
Um, not necessarily yet because I'm still adjusting to uh, the new wave of, of uh, photo apps and technology. Uh, I have a mobile uplink tool that we've incorporated in what we do, and that's something I'm marketing. As a matter of fact, I've been working on marketing here the last couple of weeks. So, um, in regards to competitive edge or advantage, and in regards to beta testing, um, I like the fact that it's measurable. I like to measure and make sure that that you know what that's how I find out whether it's just, uh, what what's, there's an old uh, acronym for that. I can't recall off the top of my head, but it's got to be measurable and obtainable. I don't I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to measure the successes of my beta testing, and I do it. You know, we're just, we're we're not huge potatoes. But uh, we have enough workflow to, to, to beta test it. And I've got relationships with some of my carriers and insurance partners that say, hey, can we try this? Do you think it'll work for you? And, and I love their honesty. Some of them are very brutal and say, no, we're not interested. Some will try it. And, and, and again, the feedback to me is it's like gold. If I don't know I'm messing up, I can't fix it. If I don't know you're not happy, how can I make you happy? It, it, it's it's uh it's it's of our importance, man. Beta testing to me is is, is is something that's necessary in order to improve. If, if if I stay with what I'm doing, how can I ever expect to change? I can't. So I need to incorporate and try these new things to see if it could spike up business. And in, in, in essence, that's not so much so it can help me out, but it's also to help the insurance partners out. Because realistically, there's tons of, of insurance companies that, that have all these great processes. But they're constantly tweaking them. You just made mention of it every uh, every time they uh, this time of year, uh, every quarter, uh, every June, July, they start changing stuff. And at least this is my experience. Um, I get it. But what can I do to take that pressure off of them? What can I do to help them and say, hey, you worry about your clients in regards of you know their insurability and taking care of them. Let me worry about looking at their cars and making sure they burn through the process of repair you know, smoothly and easily. That that's that's my mentality. You know, we're we're all here to do a job. We're here to network and do business. Let's let's do it happily. Let's do it smoothly. That's beautiful. Now I do know that you do have some competitive advantage, even if it's slight, uh, because you got my attention through LinkedIn <laughs> and I had to go check out your website and I went and checked out your website and uh just right at the top the supplement reinspections and it, it's new and it's nothing flashy. It's not some fancy web developer thing, but just the fact that you're thinking with the changing industry that you have an advantage just in the your guys's mentality that you would even post supplement reinspections as a service to me intrigued me because I don't know why we're not doing more of that for carriers with the photo well, app you. technology changing. So that was what made me like, oh man, I've got to, I've got to interview. I've got to hear a story. I got to hear where his mindset's at. And so that is what, um, you know, kind of drew me and to even ask you to be on the podcast without knowing you personally was that just that alone. And I think that gives you an edge because it just shows you have an edge in your mentality. So well, awesome, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. Now you've been through a lot. You, you've you had these successes, you've had the challenges, you've springboarded back a million times over these decades of being in the auto industry. So if you could go back to yourself, back when you were graduating college and saying, maybe I want to be an IA, and then at Copart, you know, I think this IA thing might be something for me. If you could go back in that moment and tell yourself one thing that would help you in the rest of your career what would that be? Invest in Google. 
Or Bitcoin? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, in my actual AA career, man, um, I would still do it all over again. I would say that. I would I would completely and bypass some of my other jobs. I would, uh, I would say this. I love the fact that I worked in a body shop because to me, you can learn as much as you want from my car. You can go to as many classes as you can, but until you're sitting there, uh, you know, 60 hours a week talking to techs, getting your hands dirty, I, I would help work on cars and such. Uh, just because I, I, I liked it, but, uh, uh, I, that I would not change that, that to me was gold working in the shops to me was gold personally, because I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. So would I do it all again? Absolutely. What I would, uh, change or bring with me, uh, I took computer programming classes, but I never took as many as I should have. And that's something that I would have probably gotten a little more into the IT development department so that I can incorporate my business mindset with an IT mindset and make it mesh and work beautifully. That's about the only change I would make, Chris. That's awesome. Love it, love it, love it. So if you're sitting here listening uh, to Rob tell a story and, and, and you're where he was, maybe this is this is the path I want to go down. You know, think about what your skills are. Think about the things that you have in front of you already uh, to your advantage, like his IT and his business mindset. What do you have that can lend to this? And don't disregard those things. You know, being an IA doesn't mean we're all the same. Goodness knows me and Rob are as different as, as you can be in the way of our mentality, in the way of how we prepare for things uh, and how we probably respond to things. So you're a completely unique appraiser and rob i want to thank you for being on the podcast today and i want to thank you for your uh your cutting edge mindset uh, along with a an actual steady base of a business mindset because that's hard to that's hard to balance those two i mean it really is oh thank you man i appreciate you taking the time to interview me and uh this is this is the first time we speak and uh, i think we get along really well man so thank you I, i i really enjoyed it man and uh, if I could leave one last thing, what, I forgot to say one thing earlier when you asked me about uh, one of the, uh, um, not negatives, but in preparing, if anybody's listening that, that is thinking about doing the IA stuff, here's one thing that I encountered when I used to talk to potential uh, employees is uh, a lot of people are used to the nine to five Monday through Fridays. And this is so unconventional to them. Like, what do you mean I work from home? What do you mean I drive around and, and there is no set schedule. Don't be scared of that. People are, are, are scared of what's different. Uh, people are scared of change. If there's something you want, go get it. You got your, your, your sight set on it. Don't lose sight of that goal. You know, a goal, slow progress is progress nonetheless. So if you want to go get it. That's the last thing I got to say. Awesome, Rob. So if somebody wants to get in contact with you, you guys service Arizona and the surrounding areas. If they want need business or if maybe they're interested in even coming and working for you as an IA, how can they reach you? Uh, I have, well, bndappraisal.com. We have a website. You can submit a claim on the website. Uh, I can be emailed. It's uh, rortega at bndappraisal.com. That's my personal email. It's kind of lengthy, but the whole second part of that is spelled out, B-A-N-D-E, appraisal.com. Um but I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Feel free to uh, search me on LinkedIn and I'll be willing to help or talk to anybody. Man. That's, that's, I like passing on knowledge. I love, I was actually a substitute teacher for a while too, Chris. So <laughs> gives you an idea. I used to love to, that was one of, that was one of my favorite jobs actually. So I love teaching and passing on knowledge. So I'm here, for, I'm here to help, man. Awesome. Appreciate it, Rob. And thank you for being on the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. I had a great time.
take the next steps on your path to becoming an IA. Visit IAPath.com steps to get your free guide with the first five steps to becoming an independent adjuster. Visit IAPath.com steps.